Hey guys, once again, welcome to the Happy Haven. This is Gnarly Canary as always. And this episode, Mark Austin came back on, the Mandalorian bounty hunter himself. Um, shared some really cool con stories, uh, stuff that we can all be nice and envious of. And once again, just an all-around great conversation with a really cool guy who's gotten to do some really awesome things. So, uh, Mark Austin, everybody, enjoy. Okay, so last time we talked um, was a couple months ago. You had spoken about stepping back from uh, movies and maybe focusing on on uh, doing video games. Is that something that's happened, or where are you at since then? Um, well, I kind of uh, I did step back from movies, and I kind of ended up working in commercials for a spell. So. Um, that's where I ended up. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always looking for uh, something that interests me. And uh, when I was in England for a month, I was contacted by Zoic Studios. And uh, they uh, wanted me to work on uh, some commercials for them. So when I came back from England, I jumped over to Zoic and have been working back in commercials for the first time since the 90s. Um, my first five years in animation was commercials, but traditional animation. And so it's like a throwback to that kind of era. Nice. But it's been fun. Uh, Final Fantasy um, 15 commercials for the mobile phone. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I... So, in some, so in some ways it is video games because, you, you know, you're making, uh, you know, you're selling video games to uh, you know, people that you know, have mobile phones, basically. Um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. A lot of fun. But uh, I'm about to start something in a couple of weeks for Joe Johnson, uh, the creator of Boba Fett. So um, that will be fun. Really? Is that something you can speak to yet, or is it more...? Uh, I, 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 I can't really give any details, because they did sign the NDA. But um, just the fact that uh, working with Joe Johnson is the biggest thrill for me. And uh, aside from what the assignment is or what the project is, um, just working with him uh, and be able to like, chat with him is uh, huge for me. So I can't imagine it would be one big stammering nerd fest for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be that way for me as well. It's going to be, you know, it's like one of my... I don't know how uh, every one of my kind of dream encounters has has so far came come true. So uh, I met George, I met uh, Mark Hamill, I oh my gosh, Joe Johnson. So it's going to be uh, it, it, he's kind of there's only I think uh, Phil Tippett left. Uh, Dennis Muren I've met and and chatted with, and I think Phil Tippett's the last person, and uh, we might be doing a project with him. After the Joe Johnson one, so and you need an enough. assistant, and the only yeah, one I mean, you could find was this guy out of Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they asked <laughs> for someone specifically from Atlanta to uh, help out. So uh, I am on my way. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's awesome. I couldn't imagine. Uh, yeah, I, 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 my, my, uh, my old boss. He contacted me and he said, "Would you like to?" Uh, come along to the studio. This is Bosa Studios. Would you like to come along to Bosa? Because uh, we have Joe Johnson coming by. 
And I was like, oh, I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm working. And I was working at Zoic. I am working at Zoic. Um, so he sent me a picture of Joe Johnson standing in front of my desk, holding a picture of me in the, you know, from Document 94 and pointing at it. Uh, I thought that was an, I, I, I should forward you that picture. It's really. Oh my God, I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. It's Joe Johnson with, with my picture pointing at me in front of my desk. It's like, wow. Oh. It's, it's really happening, so, you know. Now, was that all going on um, in England as well? Because I know uh, they were using Pinewood Studios in England for um, the Star Wars filming. They well, are, but this is not, nothing to do with Star Wars. This is uh, for China, actually. The oh, project. wow. Yeah, he's doing doing some stuff for China. China's been very aggressive by uh, grabbing and contacting kind of uh, iconic uh, artists in the industry like Joe Johnson and like Phil Tippett. They, they've been really aggressive in uh, trying to integrate the, the guys that know the business uh, into creating content for China. So um, I guess this is another one of those examples where they've uh, managed to convince Joe Johnson to to work on their uh, I think it's their Wanda theme park over there like W A N D A Wanda. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot in um in movies there uh China's partnering with a lot of production companies. Yeah, yeah, they've been very very aggressive about it and uh that's good for the industry so. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Um I know they they were a big partner with um was that the Transformers franchise mm-hmm. and a couple other big franchises that they they threw a lot of investment money in to be a yeah. part of it, and you know they got to bring it over there and yeah. So hey, yeah. any expanded market is a good market. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I'm at anyway. So I'm, I'm finishing up on the commercials. I'm about to start on this Chinese project, which I can't speak of, but working with Joe Johnson. Uh, that's where I'm. That's, where, that's, that's how my year is going to wrap up. Uh, it's a three-month project working for, for Joe. So That's a pretty good way to wrap up a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because the end of the year, when it comes to special effects and uh, any, any of this, um, the industry basically, in general, kind of slows up around the holidays. So to get work through the holidays and out into the new year is like a, a huge find. So... Uh, I'm really happy. I'm like, that's, that's my Christmas present to myself. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, man, I was a... Did you play Final Fantasy XV? I was a huge fan of it. No, I haven't played Final Fantasy since PlayStation 2 days. That's, that's the last time I played Final Fantasy. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, yeah. I played 7 and 8... And mm-hmm. eight was my favorite. Um, I dabbled in nine a little bit, and then I kind of fell off, and uh, you know, um, things got busy, so I didn't really have RPG time for games yeah. anymore. It was more the you know shooters and the ten to twenty hour story, and then you're out. Um, yeah, yeah. But I sat down with fifteen, and it ended up being something that my wife and my daughters watched as I played, and it actually became a family thing at night instead of TV. Yeah, watch me go through. Yeah, yeah, similar <laughs> things. Yeah, but the th- I find that with those kind of games, I, I'll I'll play them and enjoy them, 
But when it comes, and, and I think, oh, I'm going to play this again, the new version. And when I'm halfway through the new version, I'm like, you know, I've been doing this so long, it's kind of the same as. I was the same way with the Assassin's Creed series. I got into the third one, and I kind of fell out of love with it. Yeah, um, I've played them all, and this time when they announced Origins, I just was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'm starting to get like that. Uh, I think there's, there's, there's some good IPs that came out recently, but a lot of it's just sequeled franchises, and it does get kind of stale. Yeah, um, yeah. I fell in love with Horizon Zero Dawn this year. I worked on that. Did you really? Yeah, I did uh, some of their first animation tests. They wanted her to be like super agile and like, you know, kind of almost like nymph-like yeah. in the way she scaled trees and stuff. I'm not sure if it's still in there, but uh, yeah, I did uh, some of their earliest tests when they were trying to kind of pitch it and have a feel for what the game was going to be like. Oh my gosh, that's like one of my top contenders for game of the year for me. Oh wow. Yeah, it, it's it's. I, I, whenever somebody asks who hasn't played it, I always tell them it's uh, it's Zelda Breath of the Wild for grownups. Okay, yeah, you know? it, it seemed it seemed uh, an interesting project when we worked on it. Um, and those guys in Amsterdam, uh, I thought they would be a lot cooler than they were. Gorilla. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. they'd be. I thought people from Amsterdam are cool, and I. I guess people in the game industry from Amsterdam don't fit that mold. There's very, uh, I, I wish I could say some nice things about those guys, but they were very rude, I don't know. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy my time with them. But I'm glad that the, uh, the game's a success. I'm glad that it seems like everything I, I did to contribute seems to be in there from what people have told me. So I might have to pick that game up and see. It's definitely worth it. Um, offline, if you give me your... Uh your PS4 tag, I can show you how you can snag it from me. Well, I don't have a PS4, though. Ah, see, that's the only system it's out on. Okay. But, um, I mean, for credit to Gorilla, they, you know, they, they birthed the Killzone yeah, yeah. franchise, which was always gorgeous. Um, yeah. You know, Killzone 1 came at the end of the PlayStation 1 cycle. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember the Killzones. And I was excited to work on on the, the the project, and it was a great project. Is their unrealistic idea of schedule, like their turnaround time, what they expected you to do in twenty four hours, was ludicrous. Really? And yeah, it was ludicrous. It was asking for like you know a week's worth of work in a twenty four hour. Period. They wanted you to call back the next day, you know, on a, a Skype and show all these changes that they'd made. And I, I couldn't understand that. I couldn't understand the the thinking behind that. I mean, it doesn't take. They're they're, they're not new to the industry. No, they've been they around must for have, a while. They must have an appreciation of how long it takes to do some animation and make it look fluid. And for them to expect that out of a four minute piece, which we're working on. To have all the changes in this four minutes all done and all the transitions into those changes and out of those changes smoothed out, it just seemed that they were very uh, uh, unrealistic with their uh, requests. Right, and I think for them, um, to almost be devil's advocate is, you know, Killzone's first-person shooter, it's set in pretty much the same universe. They ran through three console generations with the last one coming out on, on... 
the four, you know, so they went PS1, PS2, PS... No, it came out on PS2, the first one, sorry. So they had PS2, PS3, PS4, with the same universe and the same... You know, first-person shooters are easy. You know, it's... Once in a while, there's an arena room, but it's mostly corridors and storyline. Yeah. And, you know, I think maybe with this one being the first open-world one, they hadn't really adjusted to how big... Yeah. You know, such a such a, a third person, yeah, uh, set yep. move would be yeah. compared to just squat, stand, run, and you know look down the sights <laughs> as opposed yeah, to yeah. you know fully articulated parkour climbing and free open combat and everything else. Yeah. But that that was the only that was the only show uh, I can I can think of. Yeah, I think it's the only show I've ever. I ever opted to drop out of, and and I went out to went to the my boss and I was like, you know what, I I can't work on this anymore. I can't, I can't keep jumping. I can't keep you know breaking the mold and 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 meeting right. these unrealistic deadlines. It's killing me, and it and it literally was. So I did drop out of that show, and it wrapped like a, I think like a month after I left it. But oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it was it, it was is. brutal because, like you know, when you're trying to give everything creatively and put a lot of you know uh, of yourself into the animation, and you really pour a lot of your energy into it, and for it to be just you know just slammed, like well, this doesn't work, and what about this and this and this and all these like picking holes in what I've tried to kind of you know throw together in a 24-hour period. Uh, it was just it just beats you down after week after week after week and in the end I was like you know I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I, I want out I want on another show. Oh man! But that's the only time I've ever done that and they my boss was surprised as well. He he's like you know because it's just unlike me I, I never give up on anything but um, it was just the it was just the brutal uh, the the turnarounds what what killed you there. Right. Yeah. I can see that. There's a lot of um. Currently, there's a lot of nightmare stories like that, actually, in the industry. I know, I think um, part of Ubisoft and Obsidian are building that South Park game, the Fractured Butthole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talked about almost the same thing like you are with Stick of Truth, because, you know, Matt and Trey, they're so used to having their own studio, and they've learned how to do episodes so fast that they can do something that happened like two weeks ago and put it in a new episode. Building a game is a completely different animal, but for both games, they've done the same thing. They've come in and be like, ah, we're going to change this, 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 and this, and can we put this in the storyline, and can we do this? And you're like, you realize we scripted this like 40-plus hour game like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, and now you're, you know, so <laughs> like the, the the studio working with the South Park games has uh has had the same has had the same stories from a lot of the interviewers and developers. You know, they 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 do podcasts and they're and they're like, yeah, it's pretty exasperating. <laughs> yeah, I had I had similar stories when it came to the South Park movie as well because they wanted the extra you know quality of movie, but they were thinking of you know TV quality you know kind of the scheduling so they were trying to spit this square peg of t- uh, you know churning out tv episodes into the the feature movie round hole and you know square peg and round hole just doesn't fit right but, uh, you know, but people suffer in the in the uh the trying to fit the square peg in a round hole you know i got gotcha. you 
But I mean, you know, every once in a while, I think everybody, no matter what they do, for comes across that one, that one hurdle, and yeah. you know, obviously you. Jumped it well and moved on. So good on you for not letting <laughs> not letting it get yeah. you down too much. Yeah, everyone everyone has their breaking point, even Boba Fett. So exactly, but you know, <laughs> in this world, there's no disintegrations. Ah, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Speaking of which, I watched that. Um, was that you in the YouTube short with the? <laughs> yes. That was funny as crap, man. I'm gonna link that. Um, on my Twitter to get people to go watch it. Can I can I plug the new one for tomorrow? You can plug whatever you want, man. Yep. It is. There is there is a new one releasing every other Monday. So the we recorded seven of them so far, and uh, so there's enough for I guess another six, twelve weeks. Sorry, um, and then we're you know we're busy writing uh, the the ones to follow that. But yeah, every other Monday there's going to be a re- release of a new one. So stay tuned with the uh, Boba Fett fan club tomorrow. I think they're releasing at eight, no, six a.m. Pacific time. I think. Okay, so six a.m. Pacific would be nine, nine o'clock in the morning yeah. for yeah. You. Yeah. So there you go, guys. You get brand new Boba Fett starting tomorrow at nine a.m. for yeah. the, for us East Coasters and six a.m. for you West Coasters. What did you think? Uh, we were having debates about uh, the voice, and um, you know, I, at first I recorded it kind of doing my impersonation of you know the kind of the New Zealand, uh, you know, the new Boba Fett voice, and uh, they were just like, no, just just uh, just do it in your voice, right? And uh, so we 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 recorded it both, and they had kind of a, a test, you know, they, they tested it with. Um, I guess select people, and the unanimous one was I'll oh, just just go with the, the, his voice. It, it works, and so um, that's why that's why it has my my voice instead of uh, kind of that New Zealand lilt on it. But uh, so far, everyone seems to enjoy it. So uh, I'm it's hoping funny as crap, man. <laughs> and that one wasn't I, actually the one I like the best is one where I, I'm actually kind of fixing uh, my jetpack in one of them. I can't remember what the, uh, the the theme was for that one, but that one turned out really good. I'm hoping that's the one they release tomorrow. But um, Yeah, yeah, I, I love love doing them. We, doing, we do them here, actually, at Whisper Films. Oh, really? Uh, so right where I am right now is where we, we, we record the uh, No Disintegrations. And I uh, manufactured the, the backgrounds, uh, to make it look like the interior of Slave One, and uh, a- Albert, uh, you know, is uh, gracious enough to let us uh, use the, the space and uh, his equipment. And um, yeah, it, we kind of all just pitch in and um, bang those out on a Sunday uh, evening. Usually, try and go for two or three in a row. See, that was awesome. I was going to ask if that was the interior of of his ship. It's, a, it's supposed to are. be. Yeah. We try to make it like nondescript because we don't want people you know, looking at the background. Right. Uh, so we tried to make it nondescript. We wanted to slightly our focus to kind of cover up the, you know, the seams. But, um, yeah, we, I just manufactured these three panels, wood panels that we suspend and hang that has all the, uh, uh, the stuff on it and just slot lights into them. Um, and it, it works. 
Well, your comedic timing was down on that video. Oh. Yeah, the, the right amount of sarcasm, right amount of yeah, the tone, the cadence, the delivery. It were I was laughing the whole time I watched it. I ended okay. up showing my wife and my youngest, and they thought it was funny too. So it works. It definitely works. Awesome. That's really good to know. So yeah, stay tuned for tomorrow. There's going to be more no disintegrations coming. Nice. So other than uh, other than that. Uh, What's been going on since we last talked? Um, well, I, I've been. Uh, I actually took some time off. We were, I was working on uh, starting up the my YouTube channel that you know uh, runs alongside uh, my Twitter account, and we recorded some stuff for that, and uh, and we're just in the process of editing it and rolling that out. But that's more kind of everyone asked me the story of. Uh, how I became Boba Fett, and it's such a long story. It's it's too long to even fit into a podcast of an hour because there's so many steps along the way, funny steps, you know, funny coincidences and and happenings. And so I decided that I would maybe try and approach the story, but as a series of uh, small steps, you know, the the steps that it oh yeah, well, like a like a web series documentary. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, we we put up the first one uh, last Sunday evening, and um, and we recorded a, a couple more. We just have to edit them and uh, stick uh, heads and tails on them and um, make them public. But um, yeah, it's it's the uh, it's the whole story from uh, growing up as a kid watching uh, Star Wars and having you know no ties to it other than being a fan. To um, you know, to climb into that suit for the the shoot for the movie. Um, Man, you had me enraptured when you were talking about that. Last oh, you time saw you it? Were on, no, you. Oh, um, okay. Last time you were on. Um, man, you had. I had a co-host then. I, I have done the show by myself for months now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, life happens. People get busy. Yeah. And um, no, you had us like kids at a campfire, man. You. <laughs> talked about that. You talked about starting out at ILM and getting, yeah, to, see, getting to tour all the diff- the vaults and sit. Yeah. You told us about your first seat was underneath a plane. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. A, so, I mean, all those all those stories are kind of like you know they're like the six minute stories in themselves. So uh, that's how we we recorded them is kind of like chunks of like six to eight minutes. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and just you know the story of uh, how I got to be work at ILM the story of how uh you know the whole the first time in the suit as you know from you know when we spoke last time was for uh, a, a summit to promote the movies yes and where you guys had the uh the cantina you yeah the cantina scene so that out. that is a whole six to ten minute story by itself so they're, they're perfect for a series you know these kind of steps yeah and that's what um the channel is about so we we kicked that off uh, a couple of weeks ago and put the first um six minute chunk uh up last sunday and i I guess we might try and stick another one on if we have time today i'm not sure we have time but uh yeah that that's something else i've been working on that's that's not my long-winded version to answer your question of what (laughs) i'm doing right now no man it's good um (laughs) 
Have you done any, do you have any con appearances coming up, or have you been able to do any this year, or has it been too busy? Yeah. No, I, when I went to England, they, somebody found out I was going to England, and so they got me into the London Comic Con. Oh, wow. So I was at the London Comic Con, uh, and I asked, you know, because my mother moved from London to Folkestone, which is in the south of England. So it wasn't as easy as jumping on the, the underground train and going over to where, you know, to um, where they had the Comic Con. Um, so I, I yeah. asked if, I could, if my brother could come with me because he was going to we're going to make a trip of it and drive up and have like, you know, a brother bonding kind of, you know, couple of days before I flew back to uh, America. So I, um, I, yeah, I went with my brother and uh, they put us up overnight at the, uh, I don't know, the hotel uh, near Heathrow Airport. And I went to the bar and it was down in the bar just the night before the, the show. And in walks Deep Roy. <laughs> really? And he comes over. Yeah, he comes over and he sits right next to me with his entourage, and he's knocking back these drinks and everything like that. And uh, I didn't want to hassle him, you know. I don't want to bug bug him. I'm sure he's, he gets bugged all the time by people. And it's, sure enough, when I was sitting there, people came up and was speaking to him and saying hi and whatever. But the next day, when we was going in the coach, my brother he he talked talk to everyone. He was like, "Oh yeah, you were knocking back the wine last night." And Deep Roy was like, yeah, I've given up alcohol now. I've decided I'm, I'm, uh, after last night, that's it, never again. <laughs> and, and he had a, 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 a water bottle in his hand, an arrowhead or something. And uh, my brother's like, oh, yeah, I bet that's not water in there. He goes, leave my vodka alone or something. <laughs> which was like messing around with Deep Roy in, this, in, in the coach, which was kind of a real surreal I was going to say, that's a surreal moment. Yeah. And then we get to we get to the Comic Con and uh, we got this elevator takes us up to the green room, and the first person I see is Jeremy Bullock. Oh. So I go straight over to Jeremy. He's right by the coffee anyway, and uh, he's making himself a coffee. And he's like, D "Did you want one?" I was like, "Sure." So he makes me a coffee, and uh, I say, like, "Oh, if you remember me, we we met at Star Wars Celebration um, last year, 2016, or I think it was." Since 2016, and he said, uh, "Oh yeah, 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 blah blah blah. How's things going?" And we was chat, 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 chat. And I thought he was going to just say some niceties and take off, but no, he was like chat, 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 chat. We chatting for like 20 minutes or something. And as we're chatting, Mads Mikkelsen comes up. Oh <laughs> sure, what? So I, he's trying to get some coffee. So I said, "Hey, Mads." So he's like, oh, how you doing? And make some coffee. And I was like this. I looked at my brother. And I'm like, how weird is this? And then Sylvester McCoy comes over. So he's chatting. And I said to him, I said, uh, Sylvester, are you here for Lord of the Rings or Doctor Who? You know, which one? Right. And he, and he said, uh, it's both. But I think he said, I'm, I'm suspecting more Doctor Who than, uh, what was it, Ratigan, Ratigan the Brown, or was it? Yes, Ratigan. Yeah. Yeah. Radigan and the Brown, that's it. And so uh, he was chatting, so it got weirder and weirder. There's Jeremy Bullock, Sylvester McCoy, Mads Mikkelsen, and then, uh, I can't remember his name, the, um, the guy who played Salah in Razor Lost Ark, and uh, Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, Reese Day, uh... Yeah. 
Jonathan yeah. Reese Davies? No. That, no. But yeah, you know the guy. He comes over. <laughs> it got weirder and weirder and weirder. And then Patricia Helfer walks in. And then Hodor walks past. And it's like, it was the weirdest, most surreal. You I wish I had cameras me. for eyes. I would have recorded that whole experience. Oh my God, you are killing put it online. me. Yeah, it was, it was great. And I wasn't sure whether, how I would stand up to these other guys. You know, these guys are big hitters, you know. So there's me with, you know, my claim to fame walking on, on into uh, Dark and Bay 94. And then, then there's these amazing actors. And so uh, I got taken to my booth. And, man, I, I was completely wrong about it. I, my line, the line... John Rhys-Davies, sorry, that's it. John, that's it, yeah. John yeah. Rhys-Davies, yeah. That's it. Very well-spoken guy, very polite. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but my, the line from my booth was non-stop. I, we had, I think I had in excess of like 300, 350 uh, signings uh, that day that weren't the ones I had to do for free. That was the, the, the so many you have to do for free for the the people that put on the um, convention. Right. Uh, but aside from that, you know, the, somebody I had an assistant who was you know collecting the money and asking what they wanted on there. You know, giving the post-it note to write the name on so I didn't misspell it. I can do that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, Although if you get me in a room with the people you said you did, I'd be on the floor anyway. So I'd be, yeah, yeah. I'd be useless. Would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where, where's the? Oh, he's he's over there. Lump of jelly. I need my post-it notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is is that was what I did this year anyway? So that was I. They asked me to do the three days, and I wish I had done it. Except I was leaving on the Monday for you know to come back here with my family. And this was uh, the Friday. They wanted me to do the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I wanted to spend the last weekend with my family since that's why that's why I went there. Yeah, like, of course. Family. It wasn't for the convention. So I did one day, but the one day going so well, uh, I'm sure they'll they'll be contacting me again. So. I mean, like I said, I can write on a post-it note all day, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put in a good word for you. That is amazing, though. <laughs> like, just getting a coffee and... This, 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 and this person walked. I, I would have yeah. just, I would have just crapped a brick and then slowly walked out of the room backwards. <laughs> I, I, the be, the best person I met that day was Alan Harris. Are you familiar with Alan Harris? Yeah, yeah. So Alan Harris, uh, he, uh, he was he. Um, you know, we got, got chatting, and he was my neighbor. He was the next booth over. So we were chatting, and I was saying, I'm going to have to bug you for a Bosque or a, uh, a prototype Boba Fett picture before the end of the day. And uh, at one point, he, was, he came over and he said, um, oh, do you, we have this uh, a photo shoot. And I'm like, do we? I, I didn't read any of my itinerary. Yeah, we have this photo shoot. So he grabs hold of me and says, we've got to go to you know, blah, blah, blah. And we got whisked off. So there was myself, uh, Al, Alan, Jeremy Bullock, and Dickie Beers. And they had a large uh, frozen Han Solo. And I guess one of the uh, options is you can pay money to get your picture taken in front of the Carbonite Boba Fett with four... Uh, sorry, in front of the Carbonite Han, Han Solo with four Boba Fetts. And, oh. uh, and so he was, 
me and Alan were one side, uh, Jeremy and Dickie the other. And Alan's like, so do, should we be the, uh, the friendly fets or the, uh, or the kind of the serious fets like those guys? So let's be the friendly fets. So he's like, okay, we've got to put our arms around each other. So we, we put our arms over each other's shoulder uh, for this photo shoot. And from that point onwards, we were just kind of messing around the whole day, me and Alan. Was, he's such a great guy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, yeah, a huge, huge admiration for Alan Harris, and uh, and the whole rest of the day it was it was just he 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 kind of filled a a gap that um, when I did a, the last convention uh, I did was in Newark, and I got to meet Felix Silla. Felix Silla was um, one of the Ewoks. He was the Ewok. He says he's the uh, Ewok that got shot down, the one in the glider. Oh no! Um, but he's also he was it, for me is huge because he was Tweaky from the original the Buck Rogers series. So I was a huge fan of the Buck Rogers series and, and Tweaky in particular. So he and I spent the whole weekend together. Just and I became his kind of like a caretaker. I guess he's a, you know he's a small guy, and uh, we just spent the whole weekend together. So when I came to this convention, I was like, oh damn it! I wish Felix was here. And then Alan filled that role this time because we, me and Alan spent the, uh, the day together, like messing around. And, and Alan uh, was like, "Are you going to this Q and A?" And I said, "No." He goes, "Oh, I'm supposed to be at this Q and A in like five minutes." I said, well, "Okay, well, I'll find the guy that is organising the convention. This guy, Justin. I'll find this guy who's organising us, and tell him you're here." And he goes, okay, so I went to the elevator to try and find this Justin guy. Opens up, there's Justin right in front of me. He was looking for Alan. I said, Alan's over there if you want him for the Q&A. He goes, no, you as well. I went, oh, really? So I got dragged down to this Q&A. So there's the four of us, um, you know, Jeremy, Dickie, Alan, me. Uh, behind this stage, all this crowd going crazy, you know, off, off to the other side. And they introduce us, and we go up for a Q&A panel. It was the first time they'd had, I guess, four Boba Fetts together. And uh, so we had this Boba Fett Q&A for the next, uh, I guess, half an hour to an hour. Um, I was completely unprepared. Uh, but then I kind of like being unprepared. It's like, you know, you're thinking on your toes. Kind of like this, you know, you kind of just yeah. plan it by ear. And so, um, it was, but playing it by ear with three other guys is pretty hard. You have to kind of, you know, <laughs> I'm looking for cues, visual cues or what they want to. And it works out that the order we sat in was uh, Jeremy, myself, Alan, Dickie. And I guess when they asked the questions, Jeremy, you know, because Jeremy's, he's, he's, he's in charge. He answers first and then it went down the line kind of thing. Um, but it's so much fun, so much fun. I, I really hope I get to... Uh, do another one of those. But. I mean, were people asking about some of the other stuff they've done? Like, I know Alan. I mean, he had a he had a run on Doctor Who back in the day. Yeah, no, they were they're keeping it pretty much Fett orientated because I guess because there were four Boba Fett, so they wanted to get everyone's take on. Uh, you know, the typical question that always comes out is, uh, "Are you surprised at how big this character became?" You know, considering his small role within the uh, the trilogy, and you know that's a question not really for me. That's for the other guys. 
So Jeremy answers, and you know, I, I I I was one of those fans that you know it's not a question for me, so I kind of deferred to Alan. But um, most of the questions were kept to Boba Fett questions, uh, and they didn't kind of branch off into any of the things uh, that we do outside of Boba Fett, apart from. Someone had a question about uh, visual effects, and Jeremy said, that's more of a question for Mark, blah, 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 and he passed it over to me. And They're asking, um, what did I think of the reintroduction of practical effects into the movies? And I said uh, that it was something that I missed, that the fans missed, and now it's back. Uh, the movies are doing better. Uh, it's something I think is going to stay. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. See, I want, I want a con story like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, th- this year I did um, I did MomoCon in Atlanta, uh-huh. and I mean, I've never been in anything, so I wasn't expecting too much, you know. And you know, I brought my youngest, and she dressed up as Captain America for nice. it, um, and. She geeked out on the cosplay. We had so many pictures, but the coolest thing to come out of it was I got to meet um, Rob Paulson in person. Uh huh. And then he and Maurice LaMarche were both there, and they did a press conference in the green room. And then okay. they actually sat down with me, and I got to record an episode with Pinky and the Brain in person. Nice. And it was, oh man, what a. <laughs> but nothing like that. I want to walk around with the FET crew all day. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Like I, I love the con culture and, and the ability to bring people together, both fans and the people who make the stuff that they're fans of alike. Yeah, there was someone recently on uh, Twitter that was kind of dissing it and saying about how these guys, you know, it's a pathetic kind of parading of, past victories or something i'm like really he called me i think he said i was a uh i don't know something like a loser but he used another term i said well i guess i am a loser then you know because i actually do like all that stuff yeah says the guy who hasn't done that yeah yeah so you know whatever dude you know you, you get you get your haters you know you have your share fair share of people that don't like the things you like you know but then, yeah, but, you know, yeah but if you dig into it, it's because they never had the guts to try to be in it. Maybe, I don't know. You know, so then they're like, oh, well, look at you. Because, yeah. you know, was, in the back of their head, they're really like, I wish yeah. I was Boba Fett. I was, I was, more, I was more pissed that of, of the dissing of you know, these guys that are my heroes than, than myself. I, me, I don't care, but the fact that, you know, they're ragging on Alan Harris and Jeremy Bullock and... And uh, Peter Mayhew, Peter Mayhew was there, and uh, David Prowse was there. You know, those guys—that's that's their livelihood, and you know, and the fans get so much from it. Like, I, I get, uh, I get requests for autographs, you know, through the post. I, I get too many of them. I, I can't cater to them, and it kind of takes away when I'm writing to somebody and I, I can't see who that is. That's why I love cons because they're there. You meet the guy. It's his poster. He's he values this poster. He would like your signature added to this poster in this one spot he's reserved for you. And it's a very one-on-one thing. It's, uh, that's that's why I love about the conventions. I don't like the uh, you know it being uh, something that someone mails you. Oh, sign this. You know, 
Oh. Right, because then, you know, you, you don't know if that's yeah. going back to them or if it's just going to end up on eBay somewhere. Yeah, like, especially when it's signed this and they ask you to non, not make it personalized. And it's like, oh. That's your first indication. Yeah, that it's, it's there. like, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I, I have a very big hang up on the, the, the whole signature thing. I, I, I don't, I don't dislike it. I just prefer it to be when I'm with that person, you know? Have you seen, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, but you, you talking about that and it being Star Wars related. Have you seen the video on YouTube of George Lucas going off on a paparazzi guy? He, he's, no. wa- he's walking out. It's either at a convention or it's something because there's a lot of people around. And he's walking out, and there's just this one guy who just keeps handing him poster after poster after poster after poster while he's yeah. walking. And, you know, he's signing things for other people, and people are taking pictures. But yeah. I think it's like the fourth or fifth time the guy hands him something to sign, and it's the same guy. And I think it's like the same picture, and it's over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes into like this impromptu two-minute lecture on, you know, how rude that is, and yeah. you know, this guy doesn't care about my signature. If you want, no, he stopped signing. He said, "Look, if you want my signature, you can go buy it off of this guy who's going to rip you off on eBay because that's all he cares about." And yeah. he, well, he was never mean about it, but he really addressed yeah. that issue. Well, because it, it's 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 you know, it's not they're not doing it for any. Thing you can relate to. Me as a fan, I can relate to somebody wanting somebody's signature, like Mark Hamill's signature on something. I have Jeremy's signature on uh, items, and I value those. My Mark Hamill signature is in a case, display case. Um, Mine is in a frame on the wall. Yeah, and like, so I, I understand that. But when it's when it's that the other guy, it's, it's a, he sees it as a dollar value that he can make money off of. Right, and that's that's the thing I I I really can't I can't embrace it. I, I it, it it doesn't speak to me the way there's the way a, a kid a kid with kind of stars in his eyes. Can you sign my blah blah blah? That is why that is why I do conventions. Um, exactly. If I were to bump into somebody like you or someone from the Star Wars universe in person, and the only thing I had to sign was like the foil inside a piece of gum. Yeah. That would enough. end up in a safety yeah. deposit box, you know? Yeah, like, no. <laughs> exactly. you know? Exactly. You're speaking my language. <laughs> like, you could sign something I picked up off the street for, like, I just need something you can write on. And that would, yeah. be, cu- that would be framed and shadow boxed. And, like, yeah, <laughs> like I said, I mean, I've got an autograph of Mark Hamill, um, you know, standing in front of an X-Wing. And, and it's yeah. a stock photo. But because yeah. it's signed by him, it is framed and up and nobody can touch it and you're not allowed to put your oily fingers on it and you're not you oh. know like it's yeah it's it's that you know I'm I'm that way with that because to me that's a treasure to me yeah and it's something yep. I value and hold dear you know yeah I have a do you remember the Riddell uh, miniature helmets they were like uh okay they did a Stormtrooper uh, Darth Vader they did a Boba Fett but they made these miniature Riddell helmets. They're about, I guess, like four inches high. And uh, I got him to sign one of those. And it says uh, on it, to one, to one Mark, brackets, Boba Fett, from another, best wishes, Mark Hamill. And it's like, oh, treasure. It's like the Holy Grail. Oh, my goodness. It goes in this protected box, you know, never to be touched. And uh, it has so much 
sentimental value because you know he signed it right in front of me. He, we'd spent five hours talking prior to him signing that. Oh my goodness! And uh, it kind of is a reminder of that whole evening. So he is a dream guest for yeah. me. Um, he, I'm a huge I, Batman fan, so his Joker, and then of course his Luke Skywalker. It, yeah. I, I don't know if I could talk if it actually ever happened. <laughs> I think it'd be him going, "Hello, hello, yeah. <laughs> hello," and all you hear on the other end is uh, drooling or something. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the best podcast I ever did. <laughs> I actually have a one of the the. Uh, Sessions I'd like to record is that whole experience with Mark Hamill uh, as one of my uh, kind of you know Boba Fett ANHSE uh, channel kind of uh, pieces because that that was a, an incredible five hours and I have to get that recorded. Oh my gosh, I would watch the crap out of that. <laughs> I really would. Yeah, I'm hoping he sees it one day just so he can remember that night because we had a, we had a really fun night together. He he really opened up and messed around and he was like he, he he ended up pulling me onto into the movie with him just so we could keep talking he got the uh, assistant director can my friend come with me and be a, a member of the crowd and uh, so he, he pulled me in and I ended up in this movie with him but, and we're in the crowd but we're just chatting the whole time <laughs> that is absolutely amazing yeah so I'll, I'll, I will record that whole five hour experience at one time, um, and put it on my uh, my series. Please do. Yeah. Please do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. I'm actually kind of flat. Yeah. I'm a little <laughs> bit flabbergasted, man. That is that that is amazing. I. Uh, you but know, there but, are. But I, I'm really, I really. There are people I haven't met that are on my wish list, and some that. Will never happen. I'll, I'll never, unfortunately, get to meet Carrie Fisher. Yeah, it was a huge. I, I really expected I would one day. I really, I really couldn't see uh, that coming. So, I, I've yet to meet Harrison Ford. I've only ever met his um, makeup artist. Did my makeup on a, for a Disney interview one time, and she was telling me stories about what she had to smuggle in <laughs> to some. The fancy kind of uh, shows that he was invited to, you know, she, he he had some, you know, something that she he wanted to conceal in her makeup bag to mm. take with. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I one mean, day, one he day is be, a swarthy smuggler. He is a swarthy, swarthy smuggler. <laughs> he was he was just being solo that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know uh, I've reached out to uh, Mr. Mayhew before to be on the show. I'd love to talk to him. When you said somebody was was bad-talking all those people, I was thinking, if, if I ever catch you in person. Yeah. Well, he was at the convention as well, and I went to speak to him, and uh, it was really very... I was really saddened by how... Um, I can't, how kind of out of it he was he kind of wasn't very uh very lucid well, isn't he in a lot of pain a lot yeah now? so i guess he was like i mean i guess he was on some heavy painkillers but mm. it was just a, it was just very sad to witness very sad to see him and uh, david prowse uh spoke to both of them that day in the green room just to say hi david prowse and, was the uh, physical baiter right 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh yeah, and he he was he was there and uh we we spent we spent uh, a weekend together before he was at the other convention I was at and he was my neighbor at that convention and so we got chatting and he was telling me all about the the horrors of discovering that he wasn't you know uh they didn't use his voice you know he told me that story about not knowing they weren't going to use his, his voice for the character and then he told me the story from Jedi where they'd filmed uh, him being unmasked but they opted to use the other guy but he that's went to right, that's yeah, right. he went to the premiere without being told prior that they had hadn't used him and i thought that was for to happen twice to him it was kind of just a really unfortunate just a sad uh, i felt really bad for him yeah that's crazy. but uh yeah it was it was good to i mean it's fun chatting with him but uh he he has a lot of chips on his shoulder <laughs> understandably though understandably I can, yeah. I mean, I can see that. I, I've heard that story before, and I always thought that that was a really crappy thing to have, to have done to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to hear it from the horse's mouth makes it even more, it's like ten times more. Just uh, heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. So, yeah. Because you know that suit was that wasn't the easiest thing to spend three movies wearing. No, no. You know, and and to put in all that work, and then to just. Yeah, we swapped you out. That's just yeah, or at least just to be told, you know, prior to witnessing it on the big screen, you know, right. That that, that that's the only thing I, I wish had happened is that someone had said, you know, we filmed it, but we felt, you know, and, and explained it rather than you're in the theatre, you're watching it, and probably you know, with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I felt I felt bad when I was watching a movie with my family and I didn't get credited on one of the movies I did, but that was just like doing you know something background something you know special effects. But this was him playing one of the major roles. So. Uh, yeah, like one of the most notorious <laughs> villains ever put to yeah. any form of media ever. Yeah, so it, it kind of outweighs my minor gripe. Well, but I mean, still, at the end of the day, he gets to look at himself in the mirror and be like, "I'm freaking Darth Vader." Yeah, and then you know, like <laughs> freaking Darth Vader. So, yeah, he'll always be Darth Vader to me. Was was he? Um, did they bring him in for Rogue One, or was that a different person playing? That was a different person playing. Was it? I didn't bother to look in the credits. Yeah, yeah, and also because Peter was very, is very, Peter's very gracious about the fact that he, you know, isn't as agile as he used to be. And so, you know, the, the whole passing of the torch over to the guy who now plays uh, Chewbacca, I thought was a really, really cool, cool thing for Peter to do and a way to kind of, you know, continue the legacy, but in a really cool manner. So um, it's a shame that they didn't have the same thing with uh, David and passing the, the torch on to the next guy. But, um, oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. It goes on. Life goes on. So, Last Jedi is on the horizon. Uh huh. Um, the trailers so far have been epic, and what I like is not very specific. No, I, I'm, I'm loving the fact they've not given anything much away, and that's how I hope they keep it. Yes. Uh, 
I, I doubt they will because they always like to at the last minute for you know just to make sure, even though it's a given that it's going to do well. Uh, but you know they always have those kind of last minute trailers where they show everything. Like, Damn, See, I wish I'd seen that. I'm hoping the trend that they've been on is is what they stick with until the end of the the marketing campaign for it is where they don't give you the. And when you go see it, now there's 20 minutes you don't know about, but the rest of it, you yeah. got all the beats. Yeah, I, I like, I like the advertising so far. I mean, as a studio, I sit back and say, you know, they know what the product is. We don't need to. We're not selling them a new franchise that we're hoping catches on with people. Is no, you know, no, and, and I think what I think it's gotten that close now to the release date that I think if there was another trailer, I could. I could maybe not watch it and still kind right. of, you know, because it's it's just around the corner. I mean, let's face it, it's going to be like, you know, is it eight weeks or something? Nine weeks? Yeah, it's just it's before Christmas. Yeah, so like a nine or ten weeks, and, and I can wait that long without watching a trailer. Right. So, I think so I might are you going to go see it one. when it opens? Of course. I have to. have to. I have to see when it opens. Not the opening night. I, I'm not, I'm not going to drag my family to that but I will see it in the first uh, week see that's what we did we actually waited till Christmas day yeah to go we yeah. found a slot where you know there, there's a theater where you can do reserve seating yeah I think most of them do that now and we found one where there was a block with where all of us could have sit together and we went on that yeah. we didn't and of course I had to do the whack-a-mole style ducking and weaving with the internet because yeah people yeah, were talking yeah. i can't believe they killed blank yeah, and yeah, i can't and i, I was know. like I no know. <laughs> you, you kind of you know everyone wants to be chatting to you because you know the movie is released and so you 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 know everyone's kind of you know pinging you on twitter for this that and the other but at the same time if you haven't seen the movie you're kind of kind of hesitant to venture into Twitter land and stumble upon something you didn't want to see. So. Right, and, and people did a good job. Like, the one thing I saw, the the person who posted did say he and that instead of names, but yeah. they, they, they finished it with the line, um, get, get ready to lose it when you see a bridge. Okay. So, of course, right. So, of course, yeah. we're in the theater... Ship. And I see, oh, yeah. right, <laughs> I see, you know, Han walk out alone yeah. to Kylo, and I'm like, oh, they're on a bridge. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And <laughs> it happened, and it still hit, and it still was like, what is happening to my world? What yeah. is happening to my world? But then I'm I so kind of... And then I look over, and my wife is just, she cried all the way home. I oh. didn't think it would impact her that much, and she did. She cried all the way home. Wow! But she, I, I kind of saw it coming, though, because of everything that happened in the original trilogy. Yeah. Where they, you know, the whole carbonite gag was so that Han Solo could opt out, and he kind of had a strong, kind of, uh, you know, voice saying, "I, I don't know if I want to do any more of these." And so the whole, they put the carbonite freezing into Empire, made it a Han instead of Luke, just so that. Harrison could say, okay, I'm not going to do any more, and they'd have a way to write him out. Right. So, because that happened, and I know it happened, I was surprised that, you know, when I saw 
Harrison Ford's in Force Awakens. I thought, wow. They managed to convince Harrison Ford to do another one. That's pretty amazing after what happened on Empire, you know. And uh, and so when that scene came along, I was like, oh, okay. He, he did find his out. Right. And he found a good out. Yeah. No, it was awesome. And the thing is that even though I, I know it happened and it's going to happen every time I watch it from now on, every time I watch it, I try and convince him not to go on that bridge. In my mind, I'm like, don't go this time. This time, don't go. This time, you know, this time, just hold back. And it's, it's a weird way of watching a movie, thinking that you can influence it to be different, turn out differently than it, you know it's going to go into, you know. You know, what's funny with me is if I watch a movie that I've seen before and there's a scene that's particularly dark or violent and I don't really want to sit through it again, even though I know the entire, the way the whole story plays out, I will actually, like, fast forward. Oh, really? Past certain parts of the movie, like, <laughs> I don't want to watch that much sad. So oh. I'll kind of, like, skip past it and know that it happened already and then pick up from there. I've done that a couple times. I'll do that if I rewatch a show, too. You know, you got something on the DVR, and there was just a moment that really just icked up your feelings. Yeah, you know, yeah. you just got like ick about it. I'll actually fast forward over it and then continue to watch it from yeah. that point on, already knowing what happened, <laughs> just to avoid it, just to be yeah. like, yeah. There's some Walking Dead episodes where I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> there was uh, the season opener. Yeah, I've rewatched the season to get ready for the, you know, it comes back in about 20 days or something like that, uh-huh. and I skipped through Negan killing the two people that he killed and started it from that point on and then watched the whole season. But I was like, I don't want to watch that again. I just, I, that was rough. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't got, I never watched Walking Dead because my, I watched the first one and my wife was like, we are not watching any more of these. <laughs> she, she just cannot take zombies. And so I've Freak her never, out had, I've never been able to watch it. And then she's asleep and I, and, I just haven't got around to doing that yet. But the, the thing is that when we went to the uh, the Comic Con, I told you I took my brother, and my brother, you know, he's a huge fan of Walking Dead. That's kind of one of his top, uh, you know, top uh, top five, I guess. Um, but he was there and he was you know, geeking out on just how many people from Walking Dead were at the Comic Con. I, di- I didn't recognize any of them. But he was, oh, really? that's blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's blah, blah, blah. I'm going to have to go and say hi to blah, blah, blah. And he was like rushing off. And he was, he was like a school kid with uh, Walking Dead, like I am with uh, Star Wars, I guess. He, that's, that's his Star Wars for... You know. Oh, see, that's awesome for him, though. Yeah, yeah. I know great. that feel. That is a good feel. <laughs> yeah. So... um so you've got a uh, video dropping tomorrow. You've got yep. other stuff on. You've got the mini docs that you're getting ready to put out. Yeah, I, it, the first one is out, and uh, I'm sure we'll get the second one out. Uh, it, it'll, it'll be within the next uh, week, probably, that we'll, we'll probably cut something together. If it, it, it might end up next Sunday, but th- those are coming. And that's more the kind of the, the big story of... Uh, how I end up in the suit, and all the funny stories that came along in that process. So, yeah, I have the Boba Fett ANHSE channel, and I have uh, the release for Boba Fett Fan Club. And then you've got this secret Chinese project. 
Secret Shiny Project. No, I guess I guess uh, it's it's um it's for a, a a theme park. Oh, cool. So so Wanda, it's Wanda, uh, right? I think you said that earlier. It's for Wanda. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, I think it's for a theme park that they're they're starting to develop there. Um, so it's, it's you know so kind of another Monkey King telling or uh, and that's about all I can say. Gotcha. So for everybody, um, why don't you run through every way people can follow you and get in touch with you and watch your and watch watch your content. I mean, I know you've given the, the YouTube, but where can they find you on Twitter? Can they find you on social media? Oh, yeah. On Twitter, I'm at uh, Boba Fett, A-N-H-S-E. That's a New Hope Special Edition. Um, and uh, my YouTube channel, uh, you know, I'll be posting links on my Twitter for that, but my YouTube channel is Boba Fett, A-N-H-S-E again. Um, yeah, pretty easy to find. It's the, it's the A-N-H-S-E that catches people out they're like what does that stand for <laughs> I still get what does that stand for even even today so it's a new duh. host special edition right yeah. <laughs> oh okay I get it now I get it well dude um, I will definitely stay in touch with you like I said this is the second time you've been on your stories are fascinating to me <laughs> and it's, it's just I'm a glad blast you like to <laughs> yeah it's a blast to just let you talk and <laughs> You get to live in a Star Wars world that I can I only do. dream of. <laughs> I do. I, I'm in that regard. I'm very, very, very lucky. And, uh, but um, thank you for taking time out again to talk to me, and I will definitely be reaching out, and I'll see you on Twitter. And anytime you want to come back on, all you got to do is ask, man. It's open invitation. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.